Hello and welcome to the Foreign Influence Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Nikolai. And we are coming to you from a co-working space here in sunny Singapore. A co-working space here in Singapore specialized in cybersecurity, which will remain unnamed, sir. Well, for security reasons. It is cybersecurity. Obviously. Yeah. We have a friend that works out of here, and we happen to be over this way because we were nearby at a Google event Yep. at Google Singapore, where we were learning about the steps that Google is taking to try to fix the media ecosystem. I think it was called How Do Digital Overlords Are Taking Over to do something Everything not else. evil. <laughs> <laughs> because they did that already. Because, uh, you know, with my background in journalism, the whole media industry has been blowing up for basically my entire adult life. And uh, what drove that was the advertising monopolies that a lot of media outlets oh, yeah. enjoyed for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Blew up when the internet took root in Craigslist, if you can remember that one, and Google and <laughs> Facebook snatched Craigslist. all the sure. Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Snatched all the classifieds. Classifieds were the tiny little ads that appeared in yeah. newspapers, not the big splashy ones. And that was the bread and butter of all of these uh, newspaper outlets. Mm -hmm. uh, and all those advertising dollars float away. So the newspaper industry has basically been in a steady state of blowing up. Leaving only the to these tiniest disruptions. sliver of classifieds for Craigslist. Yes, it became yes, really yes. niche. Well, Craigslist <laughs> went into certain spaces, right. shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> Not safe spaces. And, no, 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 no. Nothing safe about Not those spaces. Not a single spaces. safe space there. <laughs> But apparently, you know, Google, for whatever reason, has decided uh, that it is going to try to fund experiments in journalism in order mm. to make for more sound business models going forward. They call it, uh, well, the whole thing is called the Global News Initiative. And uh, these are some challenges that they have in various regions. They had one in North America. They had one in Europe one in Africa, Middle East, and now this is the second one in Asia. So yeah, we were at this event thing. hearing a, a little bit about this and then wandered over here to speak our piece. Well, I think it's pretty interesting what they're doing, right? The whole industry has transformed itself. Uh, some people are happy with that. Some people are less happy, Bill. Just <laughs> well, Point people. one. Point right, to just, one. No, I'm not going to point. <laughs> My mom told me never to point at people. <laughs> Um, but I think it's cool that they're exploring, you know, new ways to empower local communities. They're focusing on hyper-local news as well, coming up with new tools. Um, I know that an argument could be made that they're basically running our business, right? Since they're providing for advertisement dollars that go into our pockets ways that we have no control over. Right. Um, but that's also the platform that allows independent content creators to exist at all. Yeah. Well, so. this is true. So YouTube. So right. some independent uh, content creators have gotten really quite wealthy yep. off yeah. of YouTube, which is a platform that, that Google offers, of course. Uh, and they advertising dollars flow to those yeah. creators. Um you know, less so in the print world. I was, uh, as I mentioned on our last episode, I was at a publisher's conference recently and Google was there and mm. publishers have gone back and forth with Google about how much of articles to feature in search results, right? Because Google theoretically could show the entire the entire article, but how much of a snippet should they show to get people to click through so the publishers get right. those yeah. dollars? Um, hasn't really come to the audio world yet, but it might. It's on its way. It is. So Google has just announced, maybe yesterday, this thing where they might excerpt sections of podcasts and deliver you up a, a personalized feed of audio 
which I don't know where that leaves podcast creators <laughs> if they start excerpting podcasts. But like, like how long, minute long? We shall see, shall we? Yeah. That sounds, uh, yeah, I'm not sure I would consume that. Well, I don't know. I guess they'll, sure. maybe they'll create it and test the market. Yeah. But yeah. the fact is, is that these big tech giants, Google and Facebook, man, they are at the absolute center of everything having to do with media, news media, entertainment media. No, right, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do depend on them as a distribution platform, obviously. Yeah. I think where, for me, the interesting part of this discussion is up to what point, and it's the argument you know, that Facebook makes that we've discussed on earlier episodes of the show, the argument are, okay, is this just a distribution platform or is it a publisher? Yeah. Right, and I think there is a, there's a clearly a tension there. And even with what Google is doing now towards this, you know, this this micro content stuff that they're getting into, and right. all of this media media work, I don't know, man. Is it the publisher? Is it a distribution platform? Is it a? Um, are you going to click through right to read the entire article to listen to the entire audio piece? Are you going to? If they rely on the news, what if it's censored? Right? I mean, yeah. if, if they're the one, if they're the gatekeeper. Well, um, the the tension between being publishers with all the traditional rights and responsibilities yeah. and just being a platform where we don't police any of the content on there. The, the tension there is how the fuck do we get away with everything that we can and make as much money as we possibly can? Well, that's the tension. Yeah, I guess so. That's, <laughs> that would create a little the, bit of tension. Because <laughs> they'll, choose, they'll choose one uh, when certain circumstances benefit them, and yeah. they'll choose the other when other circumstances benefit them. Well, and untransparently so, right? So you don't have an editorial yeah. stance or... Except they do. So here's the thing. They are clearly publishers. They ban sex. They right. ban no, false advertising. They are they, clearly publishers. I would agree, but they're not. They're not admitting it. They they refuse to admit. Right, they refuse because that could it. get them yeah. in deep shit potentially, as they would have to bear more responsibility for the content that gets distributed on their platforms. Content like so now, many of them have had to take extra steps, so they have to kick the Nazis off, right? And now the latest poor Nazis, the poor Nazis, God. Everybody's they, they, always picking every, on the Nazis. Everyone's, God, everyone's just dumping on the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the Blues Brothers, the original one yeah, from yeah, way back yeah, when? Yeah. I hate fucking Illinois Nazis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, God damn, don't want to be defending Nazis. Were we talking about the platforms? <laughs> anyway you got all sidetracked by the they, nazis they, they take good steps and they kick the nazis off which we like to see and um and they make all kinds of decisions about what content should appear on there and what content should yeah so yeah, they, yeah. they're all they're clearly publishers um and now they're well there's variations some are taking responsibility for the advertisements mm. that appear on their platforms and others aren't mm. so with the elections coming up of course this is fresh in everyone's mind that uh, russia used the advertising vehicle of facebook to hack the election in many ways um twitter is banning political ads so far um let's see google is going to police them uh, i gotta look this up and facebook has expressly said that it will not monitor political ads right uh, so yeah they 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 like to run away when the money's on the line but then they take control in other places where they feel it mm. will drive away eyeballs mm -hmm. um 
So to me, they've got to face up to the responsibilities of being publishers. Cause, yeah. Because they are. And that's a difficult problem to solve, right? How do you become a publisher at scale? Mm. Strikes me as well, a non-trivial problem. Aren't yeah. they doing it? Well, yeah, but how do you assume editorial responsibility at scale? That's not easy. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, first you get for, rich for humanity as a whole. How do you how do you assume <laughs> editorial responsibility? Only two billion people for two billion in people. In Facebook's case, it's only two billion people. And how many pieces of content a second? You reckon? I mean, yeah. so yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Okay. God, you're gonna make me say to be fair to them. Yes. <laughs> say it. Oh. <laughs> You just defended to Nazis. You can defend <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> oh, I didn't defend them. It was a joke, people. It was a joke. Oh, I'm in deep shit now. God. Yeah, so don't make me say to be fair to Facebook. All right. But I think you have a fair point. Crap. God. But so, okay, but do they have a responsibility to try and solve the problem? Yeah. Right. Or that would be accepting their publisher responsibilities. Or, but one could argue that that's what they're doing, right? I, I, I guess it's difficult now for an outsider to judge up to, to what point. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, and this, yeah, well, well, we've talked about this before, right? That they have people coming in also to judge and flag content that's inappropriate. They are clearly working on AI applications that do these things automatically. Yeah. So when can you say, when would we consider that their efforts are sufficient? For mm. us to say, okay, they're assuming enough editorial responsibility and uh, in, at least in filtering, right? And the fact that the filtering makes them, uh, back to a point that I made a couple of episodes ago, makes them by definition a publisher, Yeah, I would say. Um, but, but when do we accept their efforts as being sufficient? Well, when I'm happy with it. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will say you heard that it here, here first, Mark. <laughs> yeah, come on, right. and we know you're listening because Google excerpted that part and sent it to you <laughs> in your own personalized feed. So it's actually uh, difficult. Well, yeah. and I actually think uh, I am trying to remember right now which of them took the step, and I, I think it's Facebook announced that they would uh, identify mm. a certain subset of more traditional publishers, right? Publishers oh, that okay, really. Right don't consider themselves a platform at all. They consider themselves a publisher of news, content, and information. And they are going to raise those organizations higher up in the algorithms, so to speak. So uh, that I actually laud. It's like, okay, yeah. if you are incapable of it because of your business model of delivering guaranteed, traditional, high-quality, factual content, fine and you want to keep all of the other stuff out there too because it fits your business model yes having your algorithm tweaked so that it takes those organizations that are not living in that platform space and are living in the truthful content space and lifting it higher yeah i actually think that's a big step i think yeah that, that's interesting and that it also opens uh, business opportunities right you could imagine then uh, decentralizing the editorial responsibility and saying okay so we're going to enable companies to emerge who take on a part of that responsibility for us yeah right who curate certain types of content that we're going to push in our algorithms and we're going to work in a business model that works for them in terms of advertising or other types of monetization yeah either through uh community contributions or patreon or we set up a patreon like 
uh, with uh, the Facebook Libra, if if it will ever manifest, right? We'll see, right? But there's business model there. So there, there's definitely definitely business models to be explored, right? Yeah. They could decentralize yeah. that editorial responsibility and say, okay, we'll leave it to the to the community, and we'll empo even empower you with tools, for example. Yeah. Right. And you might you might be wondering why we're we're talking about this so much is because we are independent podcasters and we're looking at it and every independent podcaster looking at this and going okay how do we sustain what it is we want to do right so everyone's looking for that successful business model and the degree to which these platforms can create tools that make that possible it's much appreciated yeah yeah right yeah um and there's no doubt that there are many unserved media markets out there uh, a lot of the as we mentioned the traditional media market or media organizations have died out but it doesn't mean that there isn't a need for the news and information like local news for example and you know here in southeast asia where we are that's especially true there's a lot of um it's a very diverse area here with many different languages spoken right uh and the classic information smartphone age is upon us so these folks are hungry for news and information as well but how do you create businesses around this to get people that information um and any tools that can be created that make it possible it's yeah good. yeah yeah it's i good. agree yeah so there's a lot of positive stuff coming out of this as well yeah say. yeah definitely prefer to dwell on the negative but if we want to finish on a yeah, positive note no, fine yeah. i mean well, we whatever man we could talk about trump and his editorial responsibility <laughs> in his campaign videos well you loved his uh his video about apple oh fantastic yeah here's a random factory me standing next to an apple guy <laughs> but, so it was he tweeted it out it was some awesome music though man oh man it was like <laughs> no i thought it was the eye of the tiger well wasn't it like no, it wasn't oh. that explicit. I mean, it was still canned music, but it was it was just awesome. And it was him walking around looking somewhat mystified around uh, an Apple He did look confused. Yeah. Well, apparently he didn't know really where he was, clearly. Right. He thought he was going to a Trump property. Right. And yeah. then there's all this shit flying everywhere. And did you notice the lighting at all? Well, you said it was totally washed out. Giant floodlights just to make him look less orange, I guess. <laughs> didn't luck. work. Did not work. <laughs> Everybody else looked white, yeah. <laughs> except for him. <laughs> right. He still looked perfectly still looks, oompa loompa. Still so, <laughs> so there is <laughs> Didn't have the green hair, though. No, no, he no. He needs to work on that. Uh. I'll tell you. But he's taking credit now, and of course, Apple is playing along uh, for this factory that they're opening up in Austin, I guess. So the news hook, by the way, was Apple has announced some big new factory office complex that they're opening up in Austin, yeah. Texas area. And of course, that's a big deal, right? Because investments coming home, right? Right. This, this is the Trump thing working, right? Right. Investments focus coming on, home, focus right? Focus on this, not all the lost jobs. Or yeah. <laughs> focus on this. Well, our unemployment rate in the U.S. is actually pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's been somewhat miraculous. Um, you know, this leads me into it's thinking. Debt. I, I've <laughs> been attending. A, <laughs> it's called the, well, the a quiet, debt. the quiet before the storm. Bill. It's only a hundred percent plus of our gdp so just don't, yeah you're good you're good just don't think about that don't worry don't yeah. worry yeah be it's happy. gonna work out you know because i was uh, i was at this uh, other conference being held here in singapore it is the lee kuan yu school of public policy lee kuan yu was the founding prime minister of singapore and uh the school of public policy under the national university of singapore was named for him lky lee kuan yu 
and they are holding this festival of ideas. Tom Friedman, the New York Times columnist, was there. I uh, got to hear from him and some of the uh, oh, professors. Yeah, and uh, one of the more uh, interesting things uh, that I thought came out of that, uh, and normally I think I would position myself as someone who would disagree with Tom Friedman, but I found myself agreeing with him, uh, that uh, unfortunately China needed to be confronted, and Trump is actually doing it, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know what the ancillary damage is to our economy. Obviously, the soybean farmers are getting their kickback from the government to cover their asses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the way he's gone about the confrontation has just been horrific. And he could have brought allies on board and presented a unified front, yeah. both in Southeast Asia and in Europe. And instead, he's been giving the steady middle finger to Europe ever since he came in. And in Southeast Asia, we left something called the Trans, uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership. It was a trade agreement that we left that would have really solidified alliances. And then we would have been a, in a position of power to confront China. But instead, we're just in a personalized tariff trade war. So it's just happenstance, right? to farmers' bullshit. It is. It's it accidental. Ha- yeah, it's accidental. He doesn't even know why he's confronting China. Probably doesn't even know where China is. He thinks it's in Southeast Asia somewhere. Right, right, right. Right. Well, Singapore's uh, in China. Yeah, Singapore's in China. We right? encounter this like, all I the don't time. want to trade relations with Singapore. <laughs> it's in China. It's in China. So, well, it's maybe he thinks it's in New Mexico somewhere. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Yeah. You know, there is a Singapore, Michigan. Wow. It is a lost mining town. It was buried by the sand dunes. Oh, that's sad. Isn't it sad? Yeah. But it existed at one time. Really? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Singapore, Michigan. So now, if nothing else. You are walking away from this episode. There's a Paris. With that. And there's an Amsterdam, right? Well, there's New Amsterdam. Yes, well, I don't want to talk about New Amsterdam. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still upset. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Paris? A Paris? There's a, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's Paris. It's yeah, everywhere. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's only one. There's only... Paris. There's only one Paris. We'll it? always have Paris. Yes, and Peoria. Right? <laughs> yes, and Peoria. We're renaming the show, right? Yes, right. <laughs> Have we mentioned this yet on the no, podcast? No, I don't think so. No. Yeah. So uh, we're kind of in our last uh, six months, each of us yep. here. Uh, our international assignments here in Southeast Asia will be coming to an end. Uh, Nikolai, you go first. Going back to Paris, France. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, July, probably. July 2020. Yeah. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it, man. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Good. And I'm going back to Peoria, Illinois. Oh, wow, fantastic, Bill. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> well, I, I could go on and on, but I don't, you know, I don't want to monopolize the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> So Peoria is a small city in downstate Illinois in the middle of the state, about three hours drive south of Chicago. So if you know where Chicago is, it's nowhere near there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it uh, was the global headquarters to a Fortune 500 company that I won't name at this time that that headquarters has since moved out, but uh, that's where we came from when we moved here, and it's where we're going back to. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, we're renaming the podcast from Paris to Peoria. <laughs> what a great name. <laughs> <laughs> now, it'll say foreign influence. Yeah. Trust me. Absolutely. It'll, it'll just stay that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, wow. So, we made news on this podcast. Yes, we did. Amazing. That, we made news. Apparently. What are we going to do with it? How are we going to monetize this news? If only Google could excerpt that. If only we could sell it to Southeast Asian countries and get them to publish it somehow on their <clears throat> local news network, dubbed into Thai. And oh, yes. 
and Tagalog Asa and, and whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good business model. It's happening. I tell it's you, happening, I yeah. can feel it. We I can feel it's happening. <laughs> we can build a platform for independent <laughs> podcasting content. That yes, people could translate into other languages using a Google News Initiative challenge. Yeah, mm, let's think yeah. about it. Now let's we just, now it. we just made work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I'm out of here. If you're yeah. going to start talking about work, Bill. <laughs> well, but we have to talk. Well, we've actually been pretty positive this time, but uh, we got to call up our good news here. Oh yeah, so I'm going to have to sit up in the squeaky chair. Oh, there we go. Oh, I heard the squeak. Oh, a short good squeak. news. All right. Yeah. Is so there gonna, any good news? Well, I don't is, know. It, we're going to start with... Is there such a thing? Well, yeah, I think so. We're starting with some good news here. Good news. Yeah, I'll bring in the music. And then we'll wait for the good news. And Waiting it'll be, for the good news. So we're going to read the good news from the Good News Network on Twitter. Sober bars. Nope. <laughs> nope, next. <laughs> <laughs> Kangaroo has been hugging her rescuers almost every day since they saved her as an orphan. Oh. Hashtag me too. Coldplay to put a touring new album until they can make their shows more sustainable. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that is that is good news. Them yeah, putting okay, up touring. Yeah. And hyper-realistic <laughs> replicas finally spare students. And declining frog populations from biology class dissections. Apparently, dissecting dead frogs is a bad thing, Bill. Well, I mean, Who you knew? can eat the frogs. But don't dissect them. No, don't dissect them. All right, we'll consider that the good news for this week. Nikolai, this has been fun. Thanks. Good as always, man. All right, thanks for listening, and uh, we will be back. Talk soon.